brief plug for a lesson I plan to present two weeks from today. I'm going to talk about two weeks from today, how does the Bible establish authority? I think that's a very pertinent lesson. How do we determine what God requires or what is just permitted or what God forbids? And we're going to look at some principles that are set forth by the word of God that will help us in that. I think it's very pertinent to us today as we look at our world. This morning for the next few minutes, I want to talk about motivation. You know, motivation is something that involves all of us. Everything that we do in life, we do because perhaps we're motivated in one way or another. A student is motivated and so they go to class, they try to make good grades, hopefully. You think about the individual that goes to work, goes to his job, he's motivated to do that. Everything that we do in life, we need to be motivated to do it. A few weeks ago, I needed to move some furniture and I thought it might be just a little bit too much for me. And I had been hearing this commercial on the radio about a company called Motivated Movers. And so I gave them a phone call to see what it might involve for them to come and help me move this furniture. And when they gave me the price, well, that motivated me to take care of it myself. You see, motivation affects us in every way, but motivation also impacts us when it comes to our service to God. Motivation involves our dedication, our commitment to the God of heaven. And so what's going to motivate me to faithfully serve the Lord? I'll say to begin with, I don't know all the answers to that. I'm not sure that everything that we are going to talk about today will do so, but I do believe that we must be motivated to faithfully serve the Lord. I think all of us realize that we need to work in the Lord's kingdom. We need to be faithful in our service to the Lord. We need to spend more time in Bible study. We know that we need to try to reach out to those that are lost, and yet we recognize our shortcomings. We recognize many times that we fall short of what God would have us to be. And so I want to challenge our thoughts today by some things that I believe will motivate us to faithfully serve the Lord even better than we have in days past and gone. I know for me personally, these are things that help motivate me uh, to try to be more faithful to God each and every day. I want to point out to begin with today that I believe one thing that can motivate us to faithful service is the realization that we are a part of a great cause. By that I mean as individuals, we need to feel like that we have an active part in, that we belong to something that's worthwhile, something that is very important. You know, in our lives today, we need to feel like that our lives are worth living. But let me ask you today, as you think about your life and as I think about my life today, do we really have a worthwhile purpose in our existence? 
Do you today feel like you have a real sense of accomplishment? As you look on your life today, think about it for just a moment. What do you find? Is there something more meaningful than your job? Is there something more meaningful in your life than just working eight hours a day? Is there something more meaningful for you in life than going to class and taking tests and preparing papers and maybe participating in athletics? We need to realize today, if we come into this life and we live in this world and we eventually die and we have no real purpose for our lives, I ask you, have we not lived our lives in vain? Have we not missed the purpose of our existence? Now, I know we're rearing our children. I know things like taking care of our family is very, very important. But I'm asking you today, do you feel like that you are a part of the greatest movement, the greatest cause on the face of this earth, and that is the cause of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you this morning that this is something on the inside. Everything that we do outwardly is going to fade away. Everything that we do outwardly is going to change. The outward circumstances change. But this is something that emanates from the inside. It's a motivation that we realize we are a part of a great cause. And that's why we need to determine that we're going to be an active soldier in the mighty army of Almighty God, that we're going to be a productive citizen in the most powerful kingdom, the church of the living God, that we're going to be an active member of the Lord's church. You know, there's so many things that we have to do. There's so many things that we have to be involved in on a daily basis. But I believe today, if you would resolve to make the kingdom of God the most important part of your life, the most important aspect of your life, that wherever we go on our jobs or when we're doing housework or when we're doing our schoolwork, if we could make the kingdom of God an active part of our lives, the most important part of our lives, I think it would just transform all these everyday activities that we have to engage in into really meaningful experiences. You see, we need to realize that there's things that are more important than our jobs. And what we need to do is have, first of all, in our minds is the realization that we are citizens of the Lord's kingdom, that we are Christians, that we have to bear fruit, that we have influence, and we are to use our talents and our abilities to help others get to heaven. I don't know of anything that perhaps would cultivate more of a motivation in our lives than to understand and to know that I'm a part of God's family. And when I go to work tomorrow, when I go to my classes tomorrow, 
when I participate in the various recreational activities that I engage in, I am important because I'm a part of the Lord's church. I'm important because I'm a part of the Lord's kingdom. And I'm going to do what I can to influence others to follow Jesus Christ. But you know, another thing that I believe can motivate us to faithful service is gratitude. Thankfulness for the goodness and the love of God in sending his son. You know, we need to look round about us and, and just observe the marvelous handiwork of God. We need to be thankful to our God for everything he's done for us. There's God's watchful providence and we're assured in Romans 8 and verse 28 that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. We need to be thankful to God for his wonderful grace and his saving mercy. That's why Romans 15 and verse 9 says that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 talks about and emphasizes the abundant mercy of God. In Psalms chapter 136, over and over again, the text says that his mercy endures forever. You see, folks, we have so many things for which we need to be thankful we know James 1 verse 17 says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. You think about the fact that you and I are alive today, that we have air to breathe, the blessing of just waking up this morning and having another opportunity to serve God and to obey him. You think about the blessing of life and health, our families, food, clothing, and shelter, but even more importantly than those things are those spiritual blessings we enjoy because of God sending his son, Christ Jesus, into this world to be our savior. I believe that an attitude of thankfulness, when we pause for just a moment and consider what God has done for me, that's going to motivate me to want to faithfully serve him to the best of my ability. But then I think about the fact that another motivation would be the idea, the realization that we're simply stewards of the God of heaven. Everything that we have, everything that we possess today, even life itself, we have as a trust from him who made us all. That involves even the fact that we're living in time. The Bible says that we are to redeem the time, Colossians 4 and verse 5. You know, God's given every one of us 24 hours a day, 168 hours during the week, and not one of us has the right to squander our time. One day we're going to give an account for the way that We've used our time. I think about our physical bodies and Brother Melvin did an outstanding job talking about the importance of developing physically. And our bodies are that over which we can never say, I can do what I want to with my own body. It's mine. 
The Bible says you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Romans 12 and verse 2 challenges us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. You see, our bodies themselves are that over which we're only stewards. We're not the one that has the right of decision. I think about our wonderful material blessings, the finances that God has blessed us with. These things are not ours. If you think they are, then consider who's going to own those things in a hundred years. David recognized this fact when he said in 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 14, he said, God, all things come of you and of your own we have given to you. We're just stewards of the financial blessings that God has given us. I think about the fact that we're stewards of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The gospel has been entrusted into our care. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7 that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. In other words, the gospel has been committed to our care. That just simply means if we don't do the job, the job's not going to get done. We sing that beautiful song sometimes, into our hands the gospel is given. Into our hands is given the light. Haste, let us carry God's precious message, guiding the erring back to the right. And if I could just realize this point today, that I am simply a steward of God, I have time entrusted into my care. I have my body. I have my energy. I'm simply a steward of all that God has given me. I think that can motivate us to faithful service. But I think about one of the greatest motivations to faithfully serving the Lord is the fact that we love and we care for our children. We are concerned about our families. And folks, if we really care about our precious children, if we love our children, we are going to want to faithfully serve the Lord. Psalms 127 and verse 3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And brethren, we need to realize that our children in almost every case will become exactly as we as parents have taught them to be. And if we are lax, if we are hesitant to become involved in the work of the Lord, then we ought not be very surprised at all when those children grow up and they're the same way. Our children will very generally follow the pattern that we've set before them as parents. You know, long ago when John the Baptist was born in Luke 1, the question was asked, what manner of child shall this be? 
Well, the answer to that question depends upon how you and I as parents have fulfilled our responsibility. You know, suppose we don't demonstrate and show our children the importance of studying God's word because we don't do it ourselves. Well, those children get the impression that God's word really is not all that important. Or suppose we as parents, you know, we just don't go to Bible class at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. We, we'll be there at 10 most of the time. And on Sunday night, you know, at 5, maybe we'll be there. Company could come. Any number of things could happen. But, you know, we'll try to be there. But we're not really that dependable. Or on Wednesday night, we're tired. We've worked hard all day. And I think we're just going to stay home. There's other things that need to be done. Our children have homework. They've got tests to do. And so we're going to let them do that instead of going to Bible study. What we're doing is, is we're saying to our children by our example that speaks louder than words ever could, that there's something more important than assembling with the saints. I've known children who have grown up and they had parents who were just nominally Christians all of their lives. They went sometimes all of their lives, but they were never really faithful. You know what's sad is the fact that those children grow up and they're exactly like their parents were. What I'm suggesting today is if we love our children. We may provide for them in a physical way. We make sure they get their schoolwork done. We make sure that they have the best bat or glove that money can buy. And we're there for all their sporting events. And all those things are good in and of themselves. But the most important thing about our children is where they're going to spend their eternity. And I'm suggesting that if we truly love our children, if we are concerned about their future eternally, that, I believe, ought to motivate us to faithfully serve God. Or suppose somebody in the household is constantly criticizing the elders or they're talking about the deacons and they're condemning the preachers and they're talking negatively about the Bible class program or other aspects of the Lord's church. Suppose children grow up in that kind of an atmosphere. While those children will grow up and they won't respect the elders or the deacons or the preachers or the Bible class teachers or even the Lord's church in general. We need to realize if we love our children, if we love our families, that should motivate us to faithfully serve the Lord. You know, it's fathers that are given the challenge to bring up those children in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord, Ephesians 6 and verse 4. We're told to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it, Proverbs 22 and verse 6. And yet, parents, if you and I live in a way on this earth that ultimately causes us to be lost on that last and final day, chances are very good that we're going to lead our own children 
to be lost as well. And so I ask you the question as I ask myself, you know, where am I leading my children? By my influence, my example? Am I leading my children to the glories of heaven? Or could it be by misplaced priorities that I'm leading my children in a direction that would lead to eternal destruction? I can't think of a greater influence, a greater motivation to serve God faithfully than a love for my children. And then I think about, too, the fact that we need to have this determination that we're never going to be offended, that we're never going to be discouraged. I need to determine I'm not going to allow anything to come between me and faithfully serving God. Now, folks, whether we like it or not, whether it's right or not, offenses are going to come. Now, realize as members of the body of Christ that we ought never to willfully offend another brother or sister in Christ. You know, we ought to try to avoid that if at all possible. But even though we try, we're human beings, aren't we? And those offenses are going to come. Oftentimes we do become offended and we need to determine that I'm not going to allow anyone or anything to deter me from faithfulness to the God of heaven. I think about Paul and the source of his faithfulness. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12, I know whom I have believed in. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Paul said, I know where my faith lies. Nothing is going to deter me. And there they were. They stoned Paul. They stoned Stephen to death. Jesus Christ himself was scourged and beaten and they spit in his face. There was James who was beheaded with the sword. But all these folks were faithful to God regardless. And so we need to determine that nobody will ever offend me to the point that I'll become unfaithful to God. I think we would be surprised today at just how many people that have left the Lord and left the church because somebody made them mad. Because somebody did something to offend them. And we need to determine that I will not be offended. I will not allow myself to be hindered from doing the Lord's work. And I know sometimes we become discouraged. Maybe somebody's offended us or maybe there's problems that come into our own lives. It may be financially or it may be family problems, but we need to determine that there's no person, there's no thing that will keep me from faithfully serving the Lord. And I believe if we can settle that right now in our hearts and minds, then we will be a long way toward our destination that we know will be heaven when this life is over. But you know another thing that I believe can motivate us, it motivates me, is the reliability of the Bible. The reliability of the Holy Scriptures. The Bible says every word of God is pure. Proverbs 30 and verse 5. 
He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Hebrews 6 and verse 18 says that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. What's the point? Point is that every promise God has ever made, he has kept. The Bible is reliable. You can stake your life on it. You can stake your soul upon it. You can depend on it. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. Matthew 24 and verse 35. Peter said the word of the Lord endures forever. 1 Peter 1 and verse 25. And the reason that the reliability of the Bible can motivate us to faithful service is this. Galatians 6 and verse 7 says, Be not deceived. God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We can't mock God and get by with it. If I think that I can live a sinful and godly life and somehow get away with it, I'm just deceiving myself. And therefore, I need to realize I'm going to be judged by what the Bible says, and I need to submit my will to it. And then I think about all the positive things that the Bible teaches that I can depend on. My confidence and my hope in Christ Jesus. I've been given assurance from God that I can have the victory in living a faithful Christian life. Now, I mentioned this point about the reliability of the Bible because I think it underscores the last couple of things I want to mention today. And one of those that we need to think about that can motivate us to faithfully serve God is the fact that our lives are so very uncertain. I think many times we go through each day like we think that time has just an inexhaustible supply. Very slowly, the gray hairs begin to appear on our heads. And we are aware that time passes by so quickly. I really don't mean to be negative about this, but a lot, and I know Holly just can't stand it when I tell her this, but, you know, I tell these parents of toddlers and young children, have you ordered your graduation gown yet? I know from experience, it goes by that quickly. Before long, you know, the kids grow up. There's no more practices. There's no more ball games. They grow up and begin their own lives. And we look back and we say, you know, where did the time go? Time is so very uncertain. Even in youth, I'm afraid, many times we... We take for granted the fact that we're alive. Many times, even young people are suddenly hurled into eternity. The Bible says, don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what that day will bring forth. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1. James says, our lives are like a vapor. They are here for a little while. And then they vanish away, James 4 and verse 14. So, brethren, we need to understand that we don't have any assurance of tomorrow. Now, I know how we are. 
I know how I tend to be. We tend to think that death is going to happen to somebody else, but it really, it really could happen to me. Not right now. You know, later on maybe, but that's not something that I'm going to think about right now. But I think it might help us, all of us, young and old, when we get up in the morning and we look in the mirror, we ought to maybe just say to ourselves, do I realize I might not be here tonight? You know, that is a possibility. And I think that we can be motivated to faithfully serve God if I can understand, not to, to live a morbid kind of lifestyle, but just to understand the principle that my life has no certainty at all of tomorrow. And that brings me to the next point, which is the finality of death. When death comes, it just makes final and complete everything. Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 8 says, There's no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit. Job 27 and verse 8 asks the question, What is the hope of the hypocrite? Though he gains when God takes away his soul. Proverbs 11 and verse 7 says, When a wicked man dies, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of unjust men perish. See, those that emphasize the things of this life, those who the Bible says are wicked, when they die, Everything they hope for dies with them. And there's just no way to change once we die. And therefore, we ought to let the words of our Lord ring loudly in our ears. We must work the works of him that sent us while it is day. For the night comes when no man can work. Our time is very limited. The opportunities that we have are quickly fleeting. And we need to take advantage of the time that God has blessed us with, realizing that our lives are uncertain and our lives are brief. And when death comes, it's so very final. I believe all these things ought to motivate us to faithful service. But one final thing that I believe really ought to do the trick for us, and that is the fact that we're going to give an account of our lives on the day of judgment. One day, regardless of what we think, one day we're going to give an account to our God for the way that we live. I alone and you alone will stand before God in judgment. 1 Peter 4 and verse 17 says, For the time has come, that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it begin first with us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? You know, knowing one day we're going to stand before God, that we're going to give an account of our lives I believe that ought to motivate us to faithfully serve our God. I'm going to give an account for the way that I've used my talents. God knows what you can do and can't do in his kingdom. God knows when we're just making excuses as to why we 
you know, can't teach a Bible class or why we can't be involved in reaching the lost, why we can't do this or that. God knows what we can and can't do. And one day we're going to be called into account before our creator for the way that we've lived our lives in comparison to the word of God. Today, I just hope that that these few things can motivate you and challenge you to faithfully serve the God of heaven. We need to be motivated. We need to be moved to understand the importance of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Maybe today you're not even a part of that kingdom. Maybe today you are outside of Christ and If you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he gave his life for your sins and you're willing to repent of your sins and make that confession that Jesus Christ is Lord, you can be baptized today for the forgiveness of your sins. Or today, if you've lost your motivation, you've been sidetracked by the various things in your life and you're not really serving God as you should as his child, maybe you need to come today. And make your life right. This morning the invitation is yours.